0: you have your bibles uh, i'd like for you to turn to the book of judges and put your finger there in the book of judges and we're going to actually begin in matthew chapter 6 matthew chapter 6 So keep your finger in Judges 13. We're going to start with verse 1 in Judges. But I want to read this first. Verse 7 says, And when you are praying, Jesus Jesus talking, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name and so i'm going to stop there and um the the thing that i want to that i want to point to is is uh this i was reading this verse many of us know this verse this passage you can recite it we've prayed it all the time i pray it quite frequently i was reading this one day and was really into this and was praying directly to the father our father who art in heaven uh who who, who is in heaven king james says who art in heaven that's how our, our I uh, memorized it. Hallowed be your name. And I remember thinking, huh, wonder what his name is. I was like, our father, who is in, is it father? Is his name father? And I was like, well, could be. I don't think it is. I mean, I have a father. My father's sitting here. His name is Byron. And I was like, I wonder what, wonder what God's name is. And Jesus instructs us to consider this name as holy, hallowed. Set this name apart. Set th- th- this name is, there's something special on this name. And so we're going to look at this uh, in more detail. But uh, if you would, turn to Judges 13. Start with verse 1. This is a great story. It's about the announcement of the, of the birth of Samson. Judges 13 says, Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared. Now I want to stop right there. The angel of the Lord. So the, if you notice, the angel of the angel is capitalized. Lord, all the words are capitalized. Uh, this this angel of the Lord is not just any normal angel like Gabriel. This angel of the Lord is readily identified with the Lord God. So, the angel of the Lord that this is in reference to is clearly a distinct person in himself from God the Father. So the angel of the Lord, and this is what scholars are saying, the angel of the Lord in in this phrase is the visible Lord God of the Old Testament as Jesus Christ is of the New Testament, this angel of the Lord. And the interesting thing is, is after the birth of Jesus, we never see the phrase angel of the Lord again. So there's something specific about this angel. And he said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean, for behold, you will conceive and bear a son. And no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman told her husband, A man of God, look, see how it's capitalized? A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. He said, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. This is a great story. I, I want to. So the story goes on and uh, proceeds. The woman goes to her husband, and Manoah comes up, and the angel of God is still sitting there. And he says, are you the, are you the man that came and spoke to my wife? And he said, yeah, I am. And he says, would you give us instructions for our child? How are we to raise this, this young man that you prophesied about? And he doesn't give him any instructions. He didn't tell him. He just says, you know what? Just tell her to do what I told her to do, which is to eat like this. Don't eat anything. No raisins. None of that sort of stuff. And you'll be fine. <laughs> and so, and then, so Manoah's like, you know, basically, I don't know what to do with my hands. So would you, I'm going to go prepare some, some food for you and just stay right here. So the angel of the Lord says, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name that when your words come to pass, pass we may honor you? Now remember, this is the angel of the Lord. So there's, this is deity. What is your name? that when your words come to pass, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? The New American Standard said, it's incomprehensible. There's something about the, industry, so why, why would you ask me my name? Uh, in the New Living Translation, it's, it's too wonderful for you to understand. Why would you ask my name? It's too wonderful for you to understand. I'm like, whoa. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. This name, this, it's supposed to be set apart. And he's telling Manoah, you, you you wouldn't even understand it if I told you. Because I'm a nerd when it comes to this sort of stuff, I want to look up all the other translations. I'm not going to put all the other translations up here, otherwise we'll be here with, you know, <laughs> call in some lunch but in the new uh international readers version you wouldn't be able to understand why are you asking me this in the niv it says it's beyond your understanding in the message it says you wouldn't understand it it's sheer wonder in the new uh english translation you should not ask me my name you cannot comprehend it it'll blow your mind So there's something to the name of the Lord when Jesus said, hey, here's how you're you're supposed to pray. Our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed. That name needs to be set apart. When we address him, there's something to this name. So I've been thinking about this for a while and uh, ran across this Proverbs 18.10. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. What? what? There's something about the name of the Lord that we need to come on board with that's much bigger than just However, we're treating it. I I want to, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but there's something more. That name obviously means something more on the other side of eternity than it does here. And the other side of eternity is trying to break in through here to our side about the name of the Lord. Again, the Lord, there it is again, L-O-R-D, all caps. The name of the Lord, the righteous Run into it. In the New American Standard, it says the righteous run into it. I'm like run, in, like, run into it like you run into a wall? No, they run into the name of the Lord, and there's a shelter there. This name of the Lord is not something that we just call on, it's a name that's meant to be experienced. Yes. And according to Scripture, according to Scripture, it is a safe haven. The name of the Lord is a safe haven. It's something that, that that has a structure to it. There's something that when I'm in the torrents of life, I can run to this to this name, come under this name, and everything stops. Yeah. The righteous run into it and are safe. It's like what what does that even mean? How do you run how do you run into a name? You guys, you're with me, right? All right. So Jesus says, pray therefore, like this, our father who is in heaven, hallowed or kept holy, be your name. So his name, when it says holy, to keep holy, doesn't mean purity, not necessarily just purity. The word holy means completely other than. Completely in a different category. Completely in, an, in, in a category all reserved to itself. Something that's holy is uncreated. It's completely other than. It's nothing like anything else in created order. From the archangel to the worm, those things have one thing in common. They were created. And he, in the Godhead, was not created. His name also is attributed to something. It's attributed to his character. It's attributed to who he is as all-powerful, self-existent, all-consuming, boundless, limitless. There's something about his name that that he's wanting to break through into our life. Uh, In Moses, in in Numbers 20, I'll just read this to you. In Numbers 20, Remember, uh, the children of Israel, they ran out of water, and then God said, you know what, take your staff and just hit the rock and water will come out. So he did, and 38 years later, comes to a similar place. There's no, there's no water, and the Lord says to Moses, speak to the rock. And so he gets mad at the people because of what they were you know, pushing him to. So he gets mad at them and takes the staff and just goes whack and hits the rock. And then the Lord says to him in Numbers 20, verse 12, because you have not believed me, number one, to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I've given them. I thought that, wow, don't have a temper tantrum in front of God because he'll nuke you. And it wasn't that at all. The fact that what what motivated Moses to strike the rock was, first of all, unbelief. In his heart of hearts, he didn't believe that if he spoke to the rock, that the rock would actually produce water. He went back to what he knew had happened before. And the Lord said, ah, right there. I was going to show myself as holy, as completely other than, as completely set alone. God, able to, able to perform whatever I want to perform. A, 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 any in a, in a class totally uncreated. Because you did that, it, it took away from what I was wanting to do. Even though this was miraculous, I mean, strike, or get a rock and go. I mean, get a staff and go out and hit a rock and see what comes out of it. It's still miraculous. He said, no, I was wanting to do something different. I was going to speak to it. I want you to speak to it. Because of that, I can't let you go across. I can't let you lead my people because you didn't treat me as holy. That's what he's talking about. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? Hallowed means to sanctify or set it apart. Or praise it hallowed be your name means may your name be sanctified or praised we sanctify God's name by declaring it with the spirit of praise that's how we sanctify his name it's by done by declaration by praising it by by worship In Exodus, God appears to Moses at the burning bush and reveals his name to Moses. In Exodus chapter three, turn to Exodus three. Exodus three says, then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel and I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent you. Now, the I am who I am is rendered Lord or Yahweh or Jehovah. So this is the personal name of God. It it is actually Jehovah is his covenant name. It's the name he uses to emphasize his covenant with his people. These two words, or the same word, uh, uh, Yahweh and Jehovah, the Hebrew scribes considered this name too sacred to be spoken, so they they used only four letters, consonants, (laughs) Yahweh or Jehovah, to denote this unmentionable name of God, hallowed be your name. Yahweh can be translated with the sense, the one who eternally exists. So God revealed himself as God to Moses as self-existent, unchangeable, transcendent, which is incomparable, it's matchless, it's infinite. I mean, these, guys, <laughs> these are all, for us to sit here and go, yeah, uh, gotcha, I'm with you. These are huge terms. I mean, this is this is an enormous. You know, we're talking about infinity here. We're talking about so the the fact that, that that first of all that I'm bringing it up and I realize like oh my goodness this is like you know taking a picture of Alaska you, you take several pictures of Alaska you just can't just go you know and take a picture it's like this is this is this is huge and so what I'm wanting to do is just to introduce the thought of His name. And it being separated as holy and what his name means and what it would look like for us to run into this name. Yeah. Cause scripture says if we run into this name, it's a strong tower. Yeah. It's a place of safety. Yeah. So what I'm gonna, what I want us to look at in the next couple of weeks, I don't know how long this is gonna take me, but I want us, to, I wanna unpack the meanings of his name and us learn how to apply these names. Yeah so that we can be a people that run into his name because scripture says to do it. That's good. So, <clears throat> so here's a great rendition of Yahweh. It means I am with you, ready to save and to act just as I have always been. The name Jehovah implies God's intimate presence and desire to save and to act on behalf of his people. So Jehovah is God's covenant name or the name he uses to emphasize a covenant with his people. Just so that we're on the right track on the same page as far as what a covenant is concerned, I'm doing all of this uh, uh, research work before we can get into it. Covenant is a written agreement or promise usually under seal between two or more parties, especially for the performance of some action. So God didn't write the covenant as an agreement. He presented the covenant on the basis of his name. So in the Old Testament, there are eight names of God that are compounded with the covenant name Jehovah. And each of these names is a revelation of the character and nature of God. And they are Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Machadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. Jehovah Shema means the Lord is there. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Rophe, the Lord heals. Jehovah Yira, the Lord's provision shall be seen. Jehovah Nitzi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Roi, the Lord my shepherd. All of these Jesus in the New Testament represents. Jesus is our righteousness, our sanctifier, our peace, our healer, our provider, our shepherd, and the present one within us. These Old Testament names of God reveal different dimensions of his character that are all expressed in Jesus. Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Believe it or not, I felt like I was to stop right there. That was one big tamale that we just talked about. So, happy Mother's... Oh, wait, that was last week. I'm sorry. So anyway, so I'm going to stop here. But next week, we're going to pick up and begin to unpack the meanings of this name, of these names, okay? All right. Thank you.